0: That happened. I tell you what. Thank you, Pastor. Does everybody have a set of notes? Okay. The um, I told you last week uh, that I was going to be working midnight shift, and I have been for seven days, five nights now. Got off this morning at six, and so far. So good, it has been fantastic for the last five days. The two I was concerned about, of course, is Friday night and Saturday night. And um, last night, I mean, about 10.30, I was here at Wawa talking to my sergeant, and the uh, dispatch called and said, uh, Louisa's calling, wanted you to respond to a single vehicle crash way up in uh, Louisa somewhere, blah, blah, blah woman hit a tree and she's all bloody and messed up, et cetera, et cetera. I said, all right, I'll check the GPS. I've probably got an extended ETA. So said, I'll let them know. So I got back a few moments later. Yeah, I'm a little less than an hour away, but I'm en route. So I said, okay, I'll let them know. So uh, I'm heading there and lo and behold, about between five and ten minutes later, dispatch calls. said, Louisa says you can disregard. And with pure, grieving disappointment in my voice. I said, thank you, (laughs) 10-4. So that's the only thing I pretty much had for the last uh, five days. It's been uh, a major blessing. Uh, So I've been really blessed on that. The um, basic Bible doctrines, we'll jump right into it. Uh, One thing that uh, I have kind of noticed over the years, recently, in recent years, is that... um, The term salvation or being saved is kind of getting watered down a bit. Uh, Nowadays we're talking about, you know, are you a believer? You know, that's the big buzzword now in a lot of contemporary churches. Are you a believer? And I mean it's true. I mean, unbelievers get cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation 21, verse 8, I believe it is. Um, but the question is what is taking place and in uh, in the discipleship material that I'm using as kind of my foundation or basis to to uh, write up this uh, lesson, uh, it's it's the one on salvation where you take a brand new baby Christian and you teach him as far as what has happened now in your life. And it occurred to me that it's more more what really happens is the transformation that takes place when a person asks Jesus Christ into the heart and saves their soul. What the Holy Spirit does, and what is taking what is taking place. I don't know if you turned in your Bibles there. If you would turn in Ephesians chapter two, and you can follow along with me. But I decided to go ahead and title this lesson is quickened, uh, which means made alive. And just for a moment here, as far as defining biblical salvation, just reading a couple passages of uh, scripture in relation to this. But uh, there, if you've gotten there, Ephesians chapter two, starting verse one. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is, this is definitely the time period we're we're uh, we're living in. You know, we've seen it on television, especially last year with all the riots going on in all these cities. The spirit of disobedience, and not only I don't not only in the world is it very prevalent, but in churches that are so-called Christian churches, uh, my brother, the, the youngest of, of the nine of us, and, you know, we're ages 71 to 54, but the youngest one, he's, he was in a church for 27 years, his wife taught in the school there that they had, and, and I've never been impressed with the church, because it's a very kind of strong Calvinist church, and, and it's, it's always kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like, why are you involved in it? Whatever. But anyway, last year, he just got fed up because now all the pastoral staff are now the um, millennial kids, all right, that are just, you know, they don't really look that great in, in personally, and then the music, of course, is horrible, but they got really big into the Black Lives Matter movement. And that just blew my brother's mind. I mean, he, he'd, he'd been a cop for 32 years. And he, um, he uh, was a detective with, with the Rochester P.D. for 22 years, I believe, and just had seen so many things. And recently, and he, he, they left there finally, and they shocked me. I, I thought, I cannot believe this. They went over and joined First Bible Baptist Church. Um, and I was just, I was just amazed. But he texted me here um, about a week ago, and he's talking about, it. he goes, you know, he and I have a slight, I mean, he maybe I guess, a little bit more leaning towards, no, nah, I'm not that way, I'm not that far to the issue of drinking alcohol, uh, as far as social drinking, okay? Uh, I, I, You know, we can go through scripture and a lot of stuff or whatever, not, that's just another lesson plan. But, um he was saying that now the staff from the pulpit, well, I don't, I don't know if they have a pulpit, from from the stage is now promoting that their their ministry meetings that they're having, whether it's uh, not youth, but uh, as far as a church-wide thing, are, are now promoting. We're going to have beer kegs there, and it, it's where in the world, children dis- disobedience. You, you don't. We have a Bible that is a standard that we can go by. But, you know, of course there, children of disobedience, back there to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Among whom also we all had our conversation, we lived this way in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. It's made alive. The moment we got saved, we're now made alive to where we can now have communion for the first time in our life, no matter where you're at as far as physically, you now have the ability to be able to commune with God where you could not before. It was a total waste of time going to another man or woman to go to God on your behalf. It doesn't work that way. It's not Old Testament economy anymore. If you want to get to God, you must be born again, born spiritually, and you can go directly to Him through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The um, even when we were dead, uh, dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I just um, had read, read a book that deals with that part right there that is, uh, for years and years I have really missed it as far as, you know, I've read it over and over, but, and hath raised, and this is present tense right now, As far as someone who is born again has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is my status as a born again believer, as a born again child of God, sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Do I live like that? Is my mindset like that? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're talking about salvation here. Then he goes on, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not good works for salvation, but good works because he owns us, and it's what he expects us that we are to live for Jesus Christ as a born again, quickened child of God. That we should that which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. John chapter three. John chapter three. I've alluded to this here a couple times here in the last couple weeks. Um, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And there's a side point here. That is one of the foundational passages of Scripture that people use, that you have to be baptized by water as part of your salvation. That's a, it's one of the foundational verses in also Acts 2.38, which is taken out of context because of who... That's just a whole other lesson plan. But, um, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Continue reading. It defines, the Bible will define itself. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're talking about a physical birth. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth whether it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him. Now, this is, this is where, if you're paying attention to Scripture, Jesus and the Apostle Paul numerous times are pretty sarcastic in slamming people. You know, I think it was Apostle Paul called somebody slow bellies. And and just, but here, Jesus Christ goes tells Nicodemus, "Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things?" Now that's where I get the terminology a lot of times, where, where you know, Jesus Christ turned around and said to the doctors of theology, because back in those days, these men were were supposed to have known the scriptures. Remember last week or a week or two ago that Apostle Paul says of Timothy that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation? Timothy has been able to figure out. Timothy's mom and his grandmother taught him the Holy Scriptures that these scribes, that Nicodemus had. And that Nicodemus is a master, he's a teacher of the Scriptures. And Jesus Christ says, You don't know this? How do you not know this? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that, uh, that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I had told you earthly things and you believed not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that hath come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Second uh, Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, that teaches you what is not right, and people don't want to be told that what they're doing is, is not right. And that's what Scripture does, is it will reprove them of their sin, of their lifestyle. I'd be shocked if he ever listened to this. I have a, a very dear, close co-worker Close to my heart, he's like a son. And I uh, gave him a message to listen to. Dr. Mark Monte, pastor of a church up in Indiana, phenomenal preacher. And I said, "Listen, you got to listen to this. I think you'll really like it, from the standpoint of what he's dealing, what, what he, the subject matter." So he 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 listened to it shortly before I arrived at the area office, and he gets out. And his whole thing was, I realized today, it dawned on me during the night, he didn't uh, work yesterday evening, that his whole issue was delivery, how he was saying it, not the content. But that's where we're at today, the millennials. You know, what didn't we like about our last president, Icky, how he talked, What, what, what about what he did? Not how he said it. And today, we have churches that are more concerned about making sure that they have a pastor who ministers to them rather than preach the truth of the Word of God. Because we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear what's wrong with us. What we need, how we need to correct what is, what is wrong. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light. What happened when I was born again, and what is my new relationship to God? There in your notes. Your decision to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior is the greatest decision, bar none, you could ever make. It is very important that you understand the true significance of what has happened in your life so that you can be an effective member of God's family. Dropping down there. Uh, there in your notes, here coming to the first block. There are only two spiritual families in our known universe or the world. There's only two spiritual families. There's not some third, fourth, fifth, sixth entity out there or whatever. Um, there's just two spiritual families. The first one, Satan's family. Satan's family. The Bible speaks of a group of people who are of their father, the devil. I alluded to that earlier. Jesus Christ turns around, has these religious leaders. They're the leaders of the Jewish nation, spiritual leaders. They're supposed to know the Bible. They're supposed to know doctrine. There's this enmity between them and in, in Jesus Christ. They don't like what his message is. It's not conforming to what they want. I mean, it's, it's interfering with their lifestyle and the money that they're making. And he turns around and he says, you're of your father, the devil. And it's one of the foundational passages that teaches us there's two spiritual families. You enter this family by birth through your physical father, who is ultimately a descendant of Adam. Genesis chapter five, verse three, shows that the descendants of Adam are born. Oh, my word. Forgive me, just getting used to this iPad. Um, Of Adam are born in Adam's image and likeness, which is that of a fallen sinner. If you read through the Bible, every time you come to Son of God or Sons of God, it's always a reference to spiritual beings. Always. The one and only human Son of God in the Old Testament was Adam. God created Adam in his image. He was alive spiritually, body, soul, spirit. When Adam and Eve sinned, they died spiritually. The, you know, God intended for them not to sin, not to die spiritually. And when they reproduced, they would reproduce sons of God, spiritual beings. When they died, the only thing they produce after that is sons of men. The son of this, the son of this. And the only, when you track it back and the only one in that whole list you get there is Adam, son of God. The second, I'm talking about human beings now. The second human being that is a son of God, as far as male, is Jesus Christ. He is born. His bloodline doesn't come from physical man. It came from the Holy Ghost, Remember? Mary was of, was, was of child by the Holy Ghost. His father is God. He's, he's the only begotten of, of God. He's born the second, son, the second Adam. And I think here we'll, we'll reference here in a little bit, but uh, I think it's there in 1 John 1, 12, that through Jesus Christ as human beings, we have the power to become sons of God. So today, if you're born again, and you've been quickened, you are a son of God. And what about the other sons of God? Oh, we're talking about spiritual beings. It's always a reference to spiritual beings. Angels are sons of God. They're, they're created by God. They're, they're on the spiritual dimension. Angels are not on the physical dimension. They're not they're not born, they're not born physically. They don't have flesh and blood. You inherit your sin nature from your father Adam. Romans 5.12 Therefore, as by one man sin entered into the world in death by sin, so that death is passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Something along that line. Might have missed a, one or two uh, words there. As a result of your sin, you were sentenced to die. Romans 5.12, 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 22. Even after being born again spiritually... We're still within this flesh and blood, and we still die because of sin. Because of sin. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, I know there's a whole religion out there that makes her deity. But Mary died physically because of sin. Everybody dies physically because of sin. We're still still trapped in this flesh. Now, if we're made alive, we're spiritual, we have eternal life spiritually. Here, uh, point number five. As an unregenerate human, natural human, man or woman, who has only been born once physically and remains within Satan's family, you are condemned to die twice. Revelation 21:8 read through there as far as that list of you know whoremongers and adulterers and and murderers and in the last one there liars say so it just gets every single human being's ever lived All right. each other part in the uh, in the lake of fire which is the second death it's a spiritual death that's Satan's family secondly God's family be there second point John chapter uh, 1 12 and 13. But as many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're talking about being born again spiritually. Two, you enter God's family by birth, but it is a spiritual birth by your heavenly Father. John 3, 3 states, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This new birth, number three, this new birth puts you into God's family in exactly the same way your physical birth puts you into your father's family. You are now a son of God by birth. As a result of your new birth, you have inherited God's divine nature. And you now have eternal life. And there's those references there. He that that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth on the Son hath. Everlasting life. He that hath a son hath life. All those are present tense. All right. Continuing on here. Being in God's family separates, separates you from the devil's family. Now, I'm not going to go into detail as far as my personal life, what I'm about to say, as far as confess your faults one to another, but I have lived so much of my life knowing this, but disconnected from it. Do you know what I'm saying? I live so much of my life like I'm still in Satan's family, living. You know, I'm, I'm in the world and, and too often I'm of the world as far as thinking like the world. And I'm not, I don't live where, I haven't lived where I, I, I know I should have lived as far as being separated unto God who's my Father. Your body, either, hey your body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost. God's Holy Spirit lives. With, the Holy Spirit of God lives within you, doing the ministry of the Holy Ghost. All right, it's one and the same, but it's a specific ministry. Every time you find Holy Ghost in the Bible, it's dealing with indwelling a believer. It's where it's where a believer is being used in serving God, and God is working through them. And the Holy Spirit's in them in that reference to Holy Ghost, which you only find in the King James Bible. The reference to the Holy Ghost specifically, you find Holy Spirit elsewhere in the King James Bible, while all of a sudden they come up with this weird terminology, Holy Ghost. Because that is the Holy Spirit in a believer. Whether it's in the Old Testament, it doesn't matter. In a believer working for God. God using them. So we have the Holy Spirit in within us. We're to to harness that power of God to serve Him. Yet how little do we do that? How little? Our body is now the temple. If we lived every day of our life knowing that within us is God, how would we talk? Oh, my goodness. In 34 years, how have I failed? And how I've talked to my bride... when I stand before Jesus Christ one day and give an account. When I look at him and he looks at me, we're eye to eye, and I'm giving give an account of my life, and he goes, he tracks through my entire life, and in my entire life, Jesus Christ, now he's seeing my life and how I live through his eyes because the Holy Ghost is within me the moment I got saved. And I'm not talking about necessarily using profanity, but just how we've talked to people. It's just a minor thing. Other stuff. What we've allowed our eyes to watch or to see that our flesh so craves and loves. There's gas stations out in western part of Goochland you can stop in and use the bathroom, and you're sitting there... And you open the door to this little, you know, uh, the, where the t- uh, sink is at, and it's stacked high with stuff that my flesh loves. And anybody in the right mind, as a general rule, loves it as well because we're still trapped in this flesh. But you want to flee it, you want to stay away from it. But what what stuff was our eyes seeing on television? Our body is now a temple of the holy ghost. B. God commands another blank. God commands the believer to maintain a difference. God commands the believer to maintain a difference between him or herself and the unsaved. There should be a distinction that is very clear. Now I understand that you know there's there's can be a vast opinions and convictions and individual convictions and personal convictions. All right. God wants us to reproduce spiritually. We're here. You've heard pastor, if he said it once, he has probably said it 40 times in the last two or three years or more, God saved our soul and left us here for a reason. And that reason is to reproduce children, not physical children, spiritual children, to win other people to Jesus Christ. And the difference, God commands a believer to maintain a difference between himself and herself and the unsaved. I I know where I was going with that. We're not to be of the world, but we're to live in the world to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we can take things to an extreme. We can get really separated and have a major distinction to where we can be really impressed with the piousness of the folks that live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania they have a quote of maybe a holiness about them but denying the power thereof if they are saved they're very distinct they're very separated but they're not winning anybody to Jesus Christ they're having a hard time keeping their own folks inside you know there there there's an acceptance of okay yes you're 18 or 9 whatever the age is you can go out into the world and live like the world and live as ungodly as you want for a year, and then you decide we you're going to come back and be a part of this community. How does that fit into Scripture? Oh, but in that community, you don't read, study, or learn the Scriptures because it's a source of pride. Well, maybe the way you're living is a source of pride. Look at me. I'm better than you are. We don't use zippers. Thank goodness. Somebody invented zippers. There is to be a difference. See, the new life is perfectly summarized for you in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I believe it's our memory verse for this, uh, uh, this month. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things, are, or, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. What is my relationship with God now? He is your heavenly father. You are his child. Now that you are saved, born again into God's family, God no longer deals with you as a sinner. He deals with you as a son. I've heard numerous times over the years from... The folks that believe you can lose your salvation, that oh, you Baptists, you 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 can get saved. Once you're saved, you're always saved. It's like, yeah, because my salvation is not based on me. It's based on what Jesus Christ did for me. And no, I don't get away with sin. God's my father, and he deals with me as a child. And if I'm if I don't have my act straight, if I'm truly born again, see that's the key. There's a lot of people that claim to be believers, claim to be Christian, that have never been born again, and they're living like the devil, and nothing's going on in their life, as far as chastisement, as far as, you know, things, then, you know, someone comes. oh, my whole life's falling apart. If you just repent, you might, you might start getting on track. But uh, it'll go to the point where, in the Bible, deals with it very clearly, where if you don't listen to the Word of God, if you don't get corrected from his chastisement over the years, and everybody's, into, everybody's different as far as how God deals with them, it'll get to the point where God will just kill you and take you home to heaven. And the Bible talks about that very clearly. He deals with you as a son. That relationship is pictured by the earthly relationship between a good father and his son. And as we go down this list here and fill in the blanks, please let's not just do it an exercise of filling in these blanks, but just think that this is how my Father in heaven is dealing with or wants to deal with me today. And it's all contingent upon how I react or how I respond to my Father in heaven. Because I don't know about you uh, as far as men here that are fathers. But when it came to disciplining my children, how they responded—sometimes, now being human, it it, it makes it different. It's totally different. And even when I was uh, raising them, or what I would said, "Listen, God in heaven is perfect. He'll never fail you. I will fail you." But a lot of times, how they responded—even if I was wrong—would just I would repent immediately of what I was going to do. And I believe God does that many times where God is going to punish us for something. It's all through Scripture where he did that. He laid it out. This is what's going to happen to you. And all of a sudden, they're broken. Okay, because you repented, I'll go ahead and hold off. I will not bring this judgment on you. But a good father, they're number one, A good father loves and cares for his son. This is how God the Father is with us. A good father loves and cares for his son. Secondly, a good father protects his son. Now, just a side note. uh, We've got a couple minutes left. Just a side note. I've heard the statement over the years in its faults. Being in the will of God is the safest place to be. That is not true. Being in the will of God is not necessarily always going to be the safest place to be. Ask the Apostle Paul that. Ask the Peter when you get to heaven. Was being in God's will the same? They crucified me upside down. What are you talking about? Apostle Paul, man, they, they chopped my head off. We read the scripture. It's not necessarily the same but it's the best place and the correct place to be, to be blessed by God, especially in the future when we're going to spend eternity with him. So it's not a matter of, well, let's be in the will of God so we can be a safe place. No, it's the right place to be. It's the best place to be. And it's going to be the safest place from the standpoint nothing's going to happen to you, and guess God is going to allow it, no matter who comes against you. Number three, a good father provides for his son. Provides for his son. Four, a good father guides and teaches his son. This is how our heavenly father is with us. A good father helps his son. Number five, a good father helps his son. And we all need to be good Bereans does anybody know what I mean by being good Bereans? Miss uh, Barbara, what am I referring to? Search the, the scriptures Search a scripture to see if what I'm saying is so. I've got references there. Number six, a good father encourages his son. Number seven, a good father disciplines his son. Man. That can be painful at times. I've learned the hard way many too often. A good father disciplines his son. Eight, eight. a good father feeds his son. So, you remember there, Matthew 4 4. Jesus responds back to Satan and says, As it is written. Number nine, a good father has a plan for his son. Romans 8, 20 through 29. God, as a born-again child of God, if you are born again, you are saved. God has a plan for your life. A good father will never do anything to purposely hurt his son. He will only do those things which will help him grow, mature into a young man he wants him to be. Your heavenly father operates in the same way, only his ways are perfect. Unlike an earthly father who sometimes err, God never makes a mistake in his dealings with his sons. Uh, You did not lose your, I think it's in your notes. Oh, we're out out of time here. Let's run down here to B. Uh, There's an old nature, new nature. Bold natures are continually at war, at war with each other. The one that controls you, we're talking about your old nature, the flesh you still have with you, and the new nature where we're born into uh, the family of God, we have now have the, the um, image of God as far as spiritually. The one that will control you is the one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. You want to know why you may be always discouraged, disappointed, everything's going wrong, or you're not is, feel you have the power of God in your life? What do you feed? How are you feeding yourself? Which nature did you feed last night? Before you went to bed, what were you feeding on? Did you prepare your spiritual man to come to worship your Lord and Savior this morning? What type of music were you feasting on on the way to church this morning? Uh, and Then there's basic questions there that uh, have the answers to. But uh, let's quick close in a word of prayer. Dear Father, come before you now. Thank you for so great a salvation that you've given to us where you've quickened us, you, you've allowed us to be quickened, you've, you've uh, given us the power, the ability to, to become your son, to be born into your family. And, and the question is not do we know you, the question is do you know me? Do you know us? Uh, Lord, I pray you be with the service to come, be with pastors he preaches. Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.